Blog Talk Radio. The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Who is January Jones? She is not a young, beautiful, talented actress on Mad Men. She is not an older, gorgeous, exotic dancer from the Johnny Carson Show. She is an author, and she wrote, Thou Shall Not Wine, the 11th Commandment, that reached number one at Amazon.com. She is a reality TV golf personality with World High Stakes Golf televised on HDNet. She is a humorist and winologist expert. She is your featured host today on January Jones Sharing Success Stories. So sit back, relax, and get ready to laugh and listen to Ms. Jones with her eclectic roster of guests as you learn life's lessons. These stories plus sharing equals success. Welcome and remember, beware because you are entering the no-whining world of January Jones. Hello and welcome. I'm January Jones, and I'm thrilled to have you join our podcast today. Now for my listeners, let me ask you a question. Would you like to learn what it is like to be an audiobook producer during a pandemic. Do you wonder what it takes to produce an audiobook? Can you imagine what it takes to become a voice artist and a writer? Have you ever wondered what it would be like to be a talented woman who is an editor and producer? If you can answer yes or maybe to any of these questions, and you are in the right place. And I'm January Jones. Welcome you to January Jones Sharing Success Stories. Let me tell you a little bit about my guest today. She is an Audi award-winning voice artist, writer, producer, and editor at Audio Recording St. George. She has worked on TV and radio as a reporter, a news anchor, an on-air personality for more than 30 years. Presently, she does a lot of freelance work, primarily producing videos and articles for the St. George, Utah News. It's my pleasure today to welcome to our podcast, Adele Park. Hi, Adele. How are you doing today, dear? Hi, January. Well, no whining here in St. George, even though we have triple-digit temperatures and are currently under a heat dome. Oh, my gosh. And here I'm down in Florida having a fairly mild day. Um, I know that sometimes, well, you know, I lived in Arizona, so I do know that the weather out west can be very crazy, especially with uh, the fires. Are the fires near you now? Presently, we don't have any fires in our area, but we are getting ready to celebrate our Statehood Day, which falls on July 24th. So I imagine a lot of people will be shooting off fireworks, and that usually equals fires. 
Yeah, okay. Yeah, unfortunately. Let me ask you a question. Uh, I haven't had you on the show for a few years now. Of course, I was on hiatus, so I haven't done many live shows. So it's really fun to be back live again. How has the pandemic affected uh, St. George, Utah, and how has it uh, affected your career? Well, as far as St. George, Utah goes, and I know this from uh, covering a story on it for St. George News, Uh during the pandemic, our community actually boomed because we are the county seat for a bunch of really cool parks, including Zion National Park and Uh a lot of other beautiful parks as well, Lake Powell, um, Snow Canyon. We are just a mecca for outdoor activities. So mm-hmm. during the pandemic, a lot of people flocked to St. George because they could be outside and they could recreate with their families. And so our hotels were full during that period. As for me personally and audio recording St. George, that was a pretty slow time. Um, I retrofitted my studio to meet all kinds of COVID standards. So my priority was to make sure that when clients did come in here, they had a very safe place to record. So my recording booth is separate from where the control center is. And I went out and bought individual headphone and microphone coverings for all of my clients. I wipe everything down with alcohol. And I just tried to keep this a safe space so that I didn't have to shut down. Now, a lot of companies didn't have budgets for doing ads and audiobooks, so I didn't have a lot of clients during that time. So I used that time to write a new audiobook, which I'm just now getting ready to go into production for. Okay. Well, that's good that you made good use of the time you had. Now, when you were doing uh, getting your studio up to requirements, how do you go about it? Is there a federal agency that you contact or how do you know exactly what to do so that you'll pass the requirements? Currently, there aren't any state or national requirements that I could find. So to me, it was kind of a common sense thing. My background is in radio and I could remember all of these years of working in radio where we'd all breathe into the same mic all day, every day. And as soon as someone got sick, we'd all get sick. And we'd stay sick till everyone in the radio station finally got well. So I knew from my own experience that one of the things I needed to do was buy individual microphone and headphone coverings so that no one was sharing equipment and no one was breathing into the same microphone muff that was Mm -hmm. literally uh, a sort of a sponge for germs. And so I just kind of used common sense and then just keeping everything clean in between each client, just wiping everything down with alcohol-based products. I never had anyone get sick coming in here and no one ever made me sick. So I was able to operate, you know, safely and stay open for those clients that could make it in. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, uh, it was an adjustment for every everyone, for every business, whether you're dealing with the public or individuals. I know we have subscriptions here in Sarasota that several of the theaters, uh, the large one, the Van Wessel and the Florida Studio Theater. And at the beginning, or for a long period of time, when we went to plays or programs, we not only had to wear a mask, we had to show our vaccination card and our ID card so that everyone would be, you know, wearing a mask and be vaccinated. 
And I, I have to admit, it was a very reassuring thing when you were in a large theater like that to know that everyone was on the same page as you. However, now things have moved along and that's not required. And uh, sometimes when I'm in the theater and I hear someone coughing, <laughs> I wish they had a mask. Or I, I kind of wish everyone did, but that's neither here nor there. As far as the town of St. George, did they have to do much adjustment with the uh, pandemic? Well, we had, you know, our fair share of sort of COVID deniers. And so mask wearing wasn't a huge thing in our town. Some people wore them and some people didn't. Uh -huh. I did. Um, I uh, wanted to make sure I stayed healthy during that period. Um, now you don't see hardly any masking at all in our community. Um, vaccination rates in our community were fairly low. So, um, you know, um, that's just sort of the culture that I'm in right now. So it, it's an individual choice at this point. You worked in the airlines, and I got to say that as I fly today, I still do wear a mask. And having yeah. got sick on a plane prior to COVID, I now think that might be something I do all the time. Just because you're in enclosed space with a lot of people packed in for a significant amount of time, Mm -hmm. I, I got used to wearing the mask and decided it's just a piece of cloth, but it could prevent me from getting sick or it could prevent someone else, more importantly, from getting anything I might have. So I was kind of a pro masker and kind of still am. Yeah, you know, I think uh, we are too. Of course, we're in an older age category and we have a lot of risk getting sick at our age. However, I remember when in my was flying days, Many times we'd be in the Orient, we'd be in Japan, Hong Kong, whatever, and I couldn't believe then all the people there wore masks. It was just a given thing. When you went out, everyone had a mask. So in that respect, they were really ahead of the times. And it's, you know, it's helped so you don't catch the flu or a cold or, you know, something else. Um, but it was a hard thing to get used to. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right yeah, now. And, you know, and it's a highly personal thing. And um, I try not to judge other people. And I hope that they don't judge me. We all have to take care of um, ourselves and each other. And so I feel like from my own perspective, if I can maybe help out a fellow person um, by behaving in certain of protocols under certain circumstances, I'm happy to do it. But I also understand that for some people, that's just not their thing and they're not going to do that. That doesn't mean I don't love them and respect them and want to be their friend. Mm -hmm. I agree. I think we all feel that way. Right now, we're going to take a break and hear about my book, Thou Shalt Not Wine, The 11th Commandment. And I might add, uh, it's also going to be coming out soon in an audio book. Lately, there's a whining epidemic in our world. People are even whining about whining. Are you sick and tired of listening to everyone whining all the time? So was January Jones, the author of Thou Shall Not Whine, the 11th commandment that reached number one at Amazon.com. Ms. Jones based her book on a survey of the top 10 things that people whine about at all ages and all stages of life. January is a success coach that can tell you how to help others. When you buy Thou Shalt Not Wine, the 11th commandment, 
you'll find out what people whine about and how to stop them from whining. This is the perfect gift book to give or get for any occasion. Thou Shall Not Whine was voted the best gift to be given anonymously for those special people in your life. Ms. Jones is an internationally known author in the style of Irma Bombeck, specializing in housewife humor with her book being published in Korea and China. You can find Thou Shall Not Whine at Amazon.com. Jess Adele Park. Her studio features a spacious recording booth and utilizes the latest in Pro Tools editing technology. Presently, she is her true passion actually is audiobooks, as we know. And since uh, 2008, she has written and produced four audiobooks on her own. And she's ready to begin production of the fifth project called Ghosted, a quirky cat mystery. I have her audiobooks, and I have to tell you, they are delightful and such a joy to listen to. Uh, when you do them, you know, I, just listening to you, I can tell how much you love this. Um, how, did you, how did it come about? How did you go from radio and TV to audiobooks? So I was working as a reporter, which meant I actually was a writer, but I, I kept telling myself, when I grow up, I want to be a writer. Uh-huh. So now I've decided I don't want to grow up, but I do want to be a writer. So I decided you don't have to do both. You could just be a writer. So I was penning these novels on the side, and I'm going to tell you a little story that I think every author can relate to. I wrote my first book. I was very excited about it, and I thought, oh, I would love to get this published. So I started contacting all these publishers. Well, none of them would talk to me because I didn't have an agent. Okay, so I started to try and get an agent. Well, none of the agents would talk to me because I hadn't been published. So it was just an impossible circle to break into. So I did something that I probably should have done on the front end. I spent a little time asking myself, why do I want to be published? And that seems like a really basic question, but it's something that I think every author really ought to think about. Why do they really want to be published? And for me, the answer was, well, I want to turn my book into an audiobook. Now, this was back in the early 2000s when I, you know, first started this whole process. Uh-huh. Back then, um, books didn't automatically come out with the audiobook. In fact, a book usually had to show some real commercial success, and then they would make an audiobook out of it because it's a huge investment to make an audiobook. Um, the price of that has come down now, so more people can get into the game. But at the time, it was fairly expensive. It was not something that was done by a lot of different companies. But I had this radio background, and so I knew how to record and edit video and audio because of my work in TV and radio. And so I just decided, hey, I'm going to do this thing on my own, and I produced this audiobook, and lo and behold, I was able to get it for sale on audible.com, which, as everyone knows, is a subsidiary of Amazon.com. And that's you know, a really great platform for audiobooks. So yeah. I got the first one on, and then I was hooked. And the next thing you know, I'm building a studio. <laughs> well, you really got the bug. <laughs> yes, you're right, because I know it was, there, it was unheard of before. And uh, earlier, no one did it. I, I myself did it one time. And one time was enough for me because that was quite a quite a project. It was quite difficult to do. But, you know, now when you go to Amazon 
and you buy a book, any book, you also pretty much now it's offered in audio, isn't it? That has become very standard. As a matter of fact, in 2020, the audiobook industry sales of audiobooks exceeded $1.3 billion. That was two years ago. Everybody was home for the last two years, so I can't wait till the new stats come out because I know people were just eating audiobooks up like crazy because they were all trapped at home. And so it was a great way to stay entertained and informed. Mm -hmm. And I just uh, think the audiobook industry is in an upward arc. Yeah. You know, as we're speaking, uh, for the people who are listening to, who maybe we're kind of giving them a little bit of an idea, could you share your information on how they can contact you if perhaps they've written a book and would like to have it become an audiobook? Give us your information and your website. So my company is called Audio Recording St. George. I am in St. George, Utah, and my web address is www.audiorecordingstgeorge.com. And I do have access to all kinds of actors who can voice audiobooks. People can come into my studio and also record their own audiobooks. And I have facilitated a number of really interesting interviews with people who were either vacationing at Zion National Park and, mm -hmm. you know, they needed a, a quick um, commercial voiceover or they were being interviewed by another company. And so we do all kinds of different audio-related services here at Audio Recording St. George. Mm -hmm. Now, what advice would you give and what would you tell someone who like ha may have a book and I'm considering uh, having it become audio? Which, what, kind of, what do you look for and what advice do you give? Well, the first thing I always tell people when they ask me about it is, who do you want to narrate it? Oh. That, that will determine um, how you prepare your script so that it can be produced. So let's back up a minute. If you have written a novel, if you have written fiction, um, do you want to have one narrator doing all of the voices, which was how audiobooks typically began? Because mm -hmm. they began, you know, the history of audiobooks is they were actually a service to people who were blind. And so they would make these audio recordings of, you know, usually like really famous classic books Mm -hmm. and put it on tape, literally eight-track tapes, and, and that was a service to the blind, and that was sort of how audiobooks got started. Well, people like me thought, oh, I, I like audiobooks too, and so, yeah. you know, everybody started listening to them. So, you know, traditionally, you had one narrator, and they would do all of the voices. Now, in my audiobooks, I didn't want to do it that way. I wanted to have each character have their own voice. And there are different ways that you can do this. The way I did it was I wrote my script so that each chapter only features one character talking. I have a narration piece that runs before that, so I have an, a, an overall narration yeah. person. And, then, and so that's one actor. And then each actor only speaks during their chapter. So there's no cross-dialogue. But if you're going to do a multi-voiced um, performance, and you don't want to, you know, completely rewrite your script, then this is what you must ask yourself. If the sentence is, there was a, it was a dark and stormy night, 
Mary said, I better get my galoshes. And so she actually, the character Mary says that. And the character Tom says, oh, don't forget your umbrella. Fine. Mary says that and Tom says that. But who says it was a dark and stormy night? Yeah. See how complicated your script can be if you start parsing it up mm -hmm. into different characters. So keep that in mind. Um, so you, you, know, you definitely want to know who's going to narrate. I do want to jump in one other place and, and talk about narration for nonfiction. Yes. If you have written a nonfiction book, chances are you're an expert in that subject or you wouldn't have written an entire book about it. So oftentimes, I think that the authors of nonfiction make the most compelling narrators because they're excited about their topic. They know it really well. They know which things to emphasize. And it lends a little bit of credibility because this person is an, is an expert in that subject. They've been studying it. They've written a book about it. So a lot of times, um, I do recommend that authors come in and read their own books if they are nonfiction. Mm -hmm. um, your book, I happened to read, um, and you would have been a wonderful uh, uh, narrator for it. You're so funny, but I also understand that you know how many hours it takes to record an audiobook, and maybe you just don't want to use your whole summer that way. Yeah, I don't really have the energy like I used to. Just share with our listeners, I know, but now you share how long it actually takes and uh, how expensive it is. I just had a client finish recording an audiobook in my studio, and it was less than 200 pages long, and we spent about six months recording and editing, uh -huh. and she spent just over $5,000, but that did not include the mastering. So she will have to go ahead and pay for the mastering, which can be a little pricey too. My recommendation is that everyone send their projects off to mastering. I do the editing myself here at my studio, but then I send it off for mastering because in order to get on Audible and other platforms, you mm -hmm. must meet certain specs. And that means levels need to be within a certain range. That means all mm -hmm. kinds of technical stuff. And you want someone that's going to make sure that when you submit that to Audible or Authors Republic or Downpour, or any of the sites that you want to sell on, that you will meet those specs. Because the last thing you want to do is have your project kicked back to you, especially with Audible. Because if you're going to have a, a launch with your book, you don't want your audiobook getting kicked back because then you don't get a launch at the same time. Yeah. You want to have your, your stuff professionally mastered for sure. Now, that audiobook, um, the author read it. Uh, we did have a couple of other narrators that came in for a few short pieces. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the more people that you bring in, um, the more music tracks that you add to your production, every element that you bring in adds more time, adds more money. Um, the other thing that I really, really, really want people to know if they are deciding to do an audiobook and they are the author and they want to come in and read it is be prepared. If you're paying, paying somebody to be in their studio, right. you don't want to come in on a cold read. Just because you know it up here doesn't mean it could come out here. You want <laughs> to read it out loud because things are different out loud than they are when you just read it on the page. 
I've had people come in here and they think they know their material and they stumble all over the place, which makes it very non-enjoyable for them. And then also cost them more money because I have to wade through all of their mistakes and find the one good take in the sea of mistakes. And so you want to be prepared. You really do. Um, you want to mark your script up and you want to treat it like a job because you are paying for your time in the studio. So make the most of it. And also by being prepared, when you get in the studio, you can have fun. And that's the main thing I really want my clients to do is enjoy their time in the studio. Smile when they're on camera. You've been dreaming about your audio book, your book becoming an audio book. So now you're here. Really make the most of it. That's such, such wonderful advice. And right now we're going to hear about a book that I wrote and a book that I did the audio for. And uh, it's all about who killed Kennedy. Who do you think had the motive, the money, and the means to commit the perfect crime of the last century? Let me ask you a question. Are you still wondering who killed Kennedy? Over 50 years later, the assassination is still a mystery. It is unfinished business for our country. Now, get ready for a theory that you've never heard before, but will make more sense than any other conspiracy theory that you've ever heard in the past. January Jones speaks the unspeakable in her book, Jackie, Ari, and Jack, The Tragic Love Triangle, connecting Jackie and Aristotle Onassis romantically prior to JFK's assassination. Did you know that Ari was Jackie's guest in the White House during the JFK funeral? He was the only non-family member who was invited by Jackie to stay there during the funeral. Aristotle Onassis was one of the wealthiest men in the world, with the means, the motive, and the money to order an assassination that was the perfect crime of the last century. Ari needed class, and Jackie needed cash. They were perfect for each other. Now, what is Camelot? It is but another tragic love triangle. Jackie, Ari, and Jack is available at JanuaryJones.com, Amazon.com, and Audiobooks.com, read by Ms. Jones. Adele Park. Adele's first audiobook was called When Radio and Polygamy Collide. Jitters, a quirky little audiobook, received the 2011 Audi Award from the Audio Publishers Association for multi-voice performance. This is one of the most fascinating video audios that I have ever heard. I have it in my car and listen to it often. What a big success for you with your first project. Wasn't that wonderful? Well, it came as a surprise to everyone. Let's put it that way. Um, <laughs> not a lot of uh, polygamy-based um, comedies out there. Um, no. Big Love did come along after that. Um, so, uh, yeah, I created a fictitious town called Naval, Utah, um, full of orange trees and polygamists and all kinds of really quirky stuff, like yeah. talking cats and... Uh, bands called the rectal surgeons. <laughs> well, it's such a great parody of the town. I'm surprised they haven't run you out of town. But I guess on the other hand, they're proud as can be of you. And they're probably uh, proud of the uh, advertising you're doing for St. George. Tell me, 
where do you find your narrators? Where do you find your actors? Do people have to audition with you or would an author do their own auditions? How does that play out? So I do auditions. Um, I can't always find um, actors in my community, partly because I do uh, write satires about polygamy and that just doesn't fly with certain actors, you know, within my community and that's fine. So what I do is when I can't, I host auditions and when I can't mm -hmm. place people locally, then I move my circle out. And my first choice is usually Las Vegas because that's oh. a two hour drive from here. Mm -hmm. And a great way to uh, find actors or if you are an actor or voice narrator and you want producers like me to find you, mm -hmm. create a profile on ACX. Okay. That is the production part of audible.com. And if you are going to put an audiobook on audible.com, you do it through ACX. ACX is sort of like a clearinghouse for producers, for narrators, for writers. So if you're a writer and you want somebody to both produce and narrate your audiobook, you can go there. Uh, if you're a narrator and you're looking for a project to be on, you can put your profile up there and people like me can find you. And I, I have hired numerous actors through ACX. Now, when I bring somebody in, that means that my cost has gone up. So that means I have to pay per hour for them to travel plus their gas. Yes. Sometimes I have to put them up in a hotel. Um, oftentimes, actually, if they're coming from... Uh, Las Vegas and they have to be here for a couple of days it doesn't make any sense for them to go home at night so you know mm -hmm. a lot of times I have to pay for hotels so you know I always try and hire local if I can a lot of times I end up pulling out of Las Vegas or if worse comes to worse uh, Salt Lake but that's a five-hour drive yeah so yeah. it you know almost invariably I would be buying a hotel for someone if if they came from Salt Lake so I do kind of try and stick locally if I can I have hired Vegas actors I've hired actors out of New York even and had to fly in here. So, um, you know, I do what I have to do in order to fill the spot, but I always yeah. start right here if I can. Well, what is the, um, I'm familiar with ACX, but I'm sure many of our listeners, it's a new uh, term for them. What do people who want to uh, narrate, how do they go about getting on ACX so that people can uh, find them? What's the process for that? Is it difficult? No, it's not difficult at all. And just to clarify, ACX stands for Audiobook Creation Exchange. Okay. And uh, you can just Google ACX. It'll come right up. And the wonderful thing, it sounds like I work for ACX, but <laughs> I don't. I don't work for Audible. I don't work for Amazon. But my experience as an independent producer with them has been so positive. They are so easy to work with and work for. Their platform is easy to understand. So they have a place that says for narrators. So go click on the narrator thing and then you're going to want to create a profile. The most important thing of your profile will be different samples of your voice. And then you're going to want to label your samples so that people like me can find you. So you'll want to do different samples with the different kinds of voices that you can do and make sure that one is labeled funny if that's what you want to do, if you're a comedic actress or mm -hmm. one sultry voice. Make sure that when people, because there's thousands of narrators on ACX, 
So make your um, entries specific so that people can find you. You know, play to your strengths and get those on. You can have more than one uh, sample on ACX. I've seen people that have had a dozen samples on their sites. Oh, okay. So that's uh, and and, and, and I too, by the way. Oh, it is. Well, that's an important thing. And I can attest to the fact that ACX is user friendly because if I was able to put two audio books up there, anyone can do it. <laughs> that was my feeling too. I didn't know anything about it. I was I was completely on my own. And let me tell you, they were just helpful and continue to be that way. Yeah, wonderful. Now, uh, you've written, you're on, doing your fifth audio book. Which audio book, uh, may I ask, is the your favorite? Which was the one that was the easiest to do and currently your favorite? I know we like them all, but let's pick one. <laughs> well, my last audio book was an Audi finalist in the original work category. It was called uh -huh. Flat, a Quirky Cat Audiobook. And okay. this one was narrated by this very snarky cat named Skitters. And I, as a cat person, just could relate to this cat. Mm -hmm. He would just get up in your grill and stay there. <laughs> At times, the cat would break out of his um, monologue and just, like, basically claw the listener and just say, hey, are you listening? And, you know, kind of get after you. And I just really liked that character. I enjoyed writing that part. Mm -hmm. And since that was the last audio book that I actually produced, it was the easiest because the more you do it, the easier it becomes. Although they're all pretty challenging. Um, I do <laughs> like that about audio books, but they're long, lengthy processes. And so, you know, it's not the kind of thing you can really do overnight. Yeah. Even the big companies don't do them overnight. Right. And I know this from, I've had clients come in my studio to work that have had agents in New York, and I was a third-party recorder for them, so I didn't do the edit, uh -huh. but I did the recording. You know, I had the client come in and record their part, mm -hmm. and then get her tracks back from this huge company in, in New York for five or six months. Oh, yeah. And she yeah, paid dollars for that. And so, it, you know, it, it takes a long time to edit audio. Uh, you know, we're going to take a break <laughs> and uh, we're going to hear about some priceless personalities who have been on my show many times. And that means Adele has been on my show four times. And uh, these are people that I want to share with you. And one of these books is already an audio book. Have you ever met someone who was unforgettable? Someone who has touched your heart and soul? People who have faced difficult problems. People who have struggled to find solutions. People who fearlessly shared their stories. People who have not only informed you, but inspired you. People who have priceless personalities. I have been fortunate to host an internet radio talk show called January Jones Sharing Success Stories. And it has been my privilege to interview hundreds of guests. My guests have shared their stories, their struggles, their secrets, and their successes in their own words. In this book, we're talking about people dealing with problems such as incest, molestation, runaway kids, child abuse, drug abuse, polygamy, unemployment, scandal, and starting over. Then there are my guests dealing with difficult physical struggles such as blindness, cancer, and birth defects that are beyond traumatic. 
My guests have all been exciting, eclectic, and energizing. They have amazed, amused, and even astonished me. I have adored getting to meet them, and I adore sharing them with you. Attention all listeners, Priceless Personalities, Success Stories Shared by January Jones, Volume 2 is now available at Amazon.com in paperback and Kindle editions. You'll be able to meet 10 amazing people who will be sharing their own personal stories with all their struggles, successes, and solutions sprinkled with lots of humor and hope. Priceless Personalities features a teenager who becomes one of the famous Supremes from Motown, a nurse who has a humorous helps people to heal, an inspiring laughter yoga instructor, a mother dealing with the loss of a child, an incredible motivational speaker, a woman who married five times, a gifted paranormal nurse, a wise economist, a funny female humorist, along with an older man sharing his sweet childhood in the deep south. January's guests are all amazing and amusing. You will never forget meeting them. Go to Amazon.com for your own priceless experience. Welcome back with Adele. And one of the things I enjoy so much about your audiobooks, Adele, the titles. Where do you come up with these titles? For example, one's entitled, When Radio and Polygamy Collide. <laughs> and then there's another one, When Assisted Suicide and Cosmetics Collide. And what, what were the other three that I had here? Well, I have Yikes, which is when marijuana and reality TV collide. Oh, that's one of my favorites. And also Splat, when cats and polygamists collide. So, um, (laughs) I have those kind of cell lines to sort of help people understand what my projects are about. Mm -hmm. But honestly, January, if I had a chance to go back and do it again, I wouldn't call them Jitters, Yikes, Gadzooks, Splat, and now Ghosted. why? Because I don't think they really help people understand what the what I'm really talking about here. So this is, uh, let me uh, share a story with your audience. Um, learn from me. Make it so that when people see or read the title of your project, they have kind of an idea of what they're going to get. Because I've had to spend a whole lot of time explaining uh-huh. to people what my projects were about. And yeah. so that's actually why I put the cell lines in when radio and polygamy collide, when mm-hmm. marijuana and reality TV collide. That was just a way to put on the front of my project a little bit of information so that people would know, okay, this is going to deal with marijuana and reality TV, polygamists and cats. You know, you pick it. I, I, I put like two random things together and that's what the book's about. But, but really, I think authors, you know, um, I have to say people do judge a book by its cover. So mm-hmm. choose carefully. And here's one other piece of advice. And this was something that I have done right. And you've done really well, January. That is invest in good art for your cover project. Absolutely. You don't want to have a funny looking cover for either your CD or for your Kindle book, or for your physical book. You want to pay somebody to do a really nice job for that, because that's what's going to attract people to your project. Don't waste the rest of your life trying to explain your projects to people like I have. <laughs> well, that, is, that is great advice, and I've always uh, said that and told people from my own experience, you've got to get a dynamite title. 
something that people will remember. And as you said, tell them what they're buying, what it's about. And then the artwork for the cover is the second most critical thing. Uh, get a, and you and you know what? You have to have a professional do that. That's oh yes. Yeah. yeah, that's not something you or your artistic friend can just throw together. The cover is just so important, so important. That's really good advice. I and you know that's why this show is called January Jones Sharing Success Stories because it tells everyone exactly what we're going to talk about. And uh, it's been so much fun talking about your success, Adele. I always ask this question at the end of my show. And if you could have dinner with any famous person, living or dead, besides me, who would you choose? (laughs) Well, that would have to be a toss-up between, say, Jimmy Buffett and Stephen Colbert. I want to be with somebody that's going to make me laugh, somebody that knows how to write, somebody that doesn't take themselves too seriously, and someone that will encourage me to do those same things. Oh, that's those, I'd love to have dinner with either one of those. I mean, I'm addicted to Stephen Colbert. He has such a clever way of presenting humor and uh, topics, current topics. He's very current all the time. Well, do you ever think, well, you're too young to even ask this question. I was going to say, do you ever think you'd retire? But I guess not. You're right in the full force of your career, aren't you? I think that all of us need a little dream in our heart, regardless of our age. You have moved on from the airlines, but you have this whole other life now where you mm-hmm. uh, write all these books and you have this fabulous radio show. I think everyone needs to have something that will get them out of bed in the morning. And whether that's a volunteer job or just getting on your bike and going for a ride every day or writing a book, I think all of us need to have something that makes us have a little kick in our step and a little Mm -hmm. dream in our heart. Yeah, and you're you're so right, because doing something different is what gets the mojo, gets the energy going, and no matter how old you are, it's a great thing to do. Just on the audiobooks again, when you're promoting your audiobooks, what do you tell people? Where's the best place to promote? I know audible.com is, and where else do you feature your books? Well, I wanted to um, offer up another little tip for people who are producing audiobooks. Don't just sell on audible.com. You want to sell on all of the platforms. And one super easy way to do it is to go through a company called Authors Republic, and they will place you on all of the platforms that you want to be on. So this would be like Downpour, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, you know, just a million platforms. And you can do it all in one shot. And so I discovered them a little bit later on um, after I'd been producing audiobooks for a long time. I kind of stumbled upon them in the last couple of years. I've been really thrilled with them. Uh, just got a royalty check from them. They work the same way that Audible.com does. Mm-hmm. Uh, super easy company to deal with. So that's Authors Republic. And they are a company that's a clearinghouse that will place you on all these different platforms. And so you don't have to apply to iTunes. You can just go to this one place, and they'll just do it all for you. Now, this is is news for me, because I always thought that if you were on audible.com, you couldn't go on other platforms. But apparently, that's not true. 
That depends on the deal that you ink with um, ACX. You can either be exclusive with them, and if you're exclusive with them, then you cannot be on those other platforms, um, but you make more money from the sales that you do on audible.com, oh, or you can go for a non-exclusive and then be on all these other platforms. Uh, for me, and this is a personal choice, you have to decide where, where your sales are gonna be and who you really think your audience is. For me, um, I, I like being on all the different platforms because I think that gives people more opportunity to find my projects. Mm -hmm. So um, it's, a, it's a personal choice, but I would encourage authors to at least explore it. Yeah, okay, Authors Republic. Yes. Yeah, okay. we've got that. Okay. And then getting back to your original question about promoting, mm -hmm. you know, I love the fact that we live in the time that we live in. We all like to complain about the internet, but on the other hand, where else can you run an ad for free? Where else can you start a blog for free? Where else can you have a radio show for free? Now, you you have a little bit different um set up January because you've been doing this for a long time. So you're a professional and you have a team that comes in and produces your show. But for people that just want to get started, they can just simply do a blog talk radio show and that won't cost them much at all, except for a mic and, you know, setting up their little studio. And, and that's not all that complicated anymore. So you have that tool. You have YouTube. You have a phone where you can shoot ads on your phone and put them on YouTube and Instagram and Facebook for free. So we live in this time where if you are an artistic person, you can share your content with the world in a million ways, and most of them won't cost you a dime. That is wonderful, wonderful advice. And remember, you heard it here from Adele Park. And now, my dear listeners, I hope you've enjoyed our time together today. We sure have enjoyed being with you. We've tried to inform you and hopefully inspire you. My upcoming guests will all be eclectic, exciting, and energizing. Next Tuesday, live at 2 p.m. Eastern, I'll be looking forward to sharing another success story with you when Scott Smith, the author of God Reconsidered, comes to us and visits with us and shares his success story. Now, be sure to join and sign on to my website, JanuaryJones.com. My 78-year-old thought for the day, as I watch this new generation try and rewrite our history, I'm sure of one thing, it will be misspelled and have no punctuation. <laughs> so Hopefully they can laugh about it. <laughs> <laughs> Been there, done that. So again, thank you, Adele Park, and we look forward to having you back again soon. And thank everyone for entering into the No Wine Zone with us today. And please share our stories and our show with everyone you know. And remember, you need to stop whining and then you need to start smiling. And if that doesn't work, then you can just start eating chocolate like I do. Lots and lots of it. Take care and stay safe until we meet again. Goodbye. We want to thank you for listening to January Jones Sharing Success Stories. Always remember Ms. Jones' personal mantra, if you can think it, you can do it. That's what all of our guests have done with their lives, and so can you. You are the ultimate success coach in your own life. 
All you need to do will be to start sharing your own story with your family and friends. We hope that our guest stories will encourage you to explore an equation in your future that will combine your creativity plus connecting with others will enable you to be successful too. Always remember, your passion plus your purpose will equal prosperity as you explore the wonderful world of January Jones.